Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rancid Taco Movie Review Podcast. I'm Skylar Sanders here with my 1986 legend movie fanboy, Mason Weir. And we're here to discuss how the, the movie legend destroyed the fantasy genre in the 1980s for all movies. It's 1985, not even 1986. Come on. It says 1986 on Google. Does it? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, here it says 1985 on Wikipedia. <laughs> All right, good, because I labeled it 1985. The only good thing about this movie is that I was born right before it was made, so uh, thank God I didn't get tainted by the birth of this movie. You know, we were born in the greatest year probably in history, right? It, the birth of WrestleMania, the birth of Nintendo. Really? Oh, yeah, both those things. I knew about Nintendo. I didn't know about. I didn't realize WrestleMania though. I'm like ninety percent sure. I might be wrong, but I'm correct. <laughs> we usually are wrong. So, <laughs> fact fact checkers, can we get a fact check on that? Yeah, actually, do we have any corrections from Legends? I thought you might want to correct the fact that that you didn't like the movie and it was incredible. Yes, I did like to. I did like to correct the fact it is not an incredible movie. I. <laughs> I would like you to watch this movie one more time. I watched it twice. It's 0 for 2, and it got worse the second watching. 0 for 2 is still a salvageable batting average if you get one <laughs> one hit. Yeah. If I watched it a third time, the luckiest it could do is a, a base on errors. <laughs> Come on, man. All right. Well, we'll I'll, I'll defend Legend a little bit more coming up. Good, good. Be- because today we're doing the award show for Bad Movie March. Yeah, and what qualified a movie for Bad Movie March was that it scored low on the Rotten Tomato scale. What did we say? Lower than a 30? Lower, did we, have, did we, have a, we didn't really have a number, but it was they were all below 40. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes thought these movies sucked, and then we rewatched them to agree or disagree. I, well, on, the, on the most part, I would disagree on all three accounts. I think they were all three better than the Rotten Tomato grade. Yeah, I think I graded all three on uh, above the tomato, except for possibly Legend, which was right on par with the grading, I think. Yeah, but I also didn't think they were the great as good as I remembered them being. Yeah, but, that's, but they were still that's better true. than Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like I remembered Boondock Saints being a lot better than it was, but also when I rewatched it, I realized there were a lot of really good things about it that were worth liking, but there were definitely some holes. Yeah. But the fact that Defoe just crushed it. I mean, he, he made the whole month, his performance yeah. in Boondock Saints. Yeah, Defoe stole the show in all aspects, really. And we don't have a Best Actor Award this week because it goes to Defoe easily, undeniably. <clears throat> yeah. It was the best part of all three movies. Was Every time he was on the screen, just killing it as the detective. So yep. he, he wins. Mm-hmm. So instead, we have the worst male acting performance and there were a shitload of candidates for this one there were there were and i think i'm probably going to surprise you with my first one but there were some there were some there were plenty of plenty to pick from you think the worst actor was someone that's going to surprise me huh? yeah all right well what you got so my worst actor is actually going to be shared or worst male performance is going to be a shared performance and it goes to Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus as the brothers McManus of Boondock Saints. The Saints were the worst actors, you think? 
Yeah, worst performance. Uh, just because, simply because the accents were in and out nonstop, and it just, for some reason, it just, it just reeked of like, just uh, uh, amateurism, I guess. Yeah, I actually was considering the second brother, not not Norman Reedus, but the other guy. As, as Sean, my Sean Patrick Flannery. Yeah, who, he was really bad. Who was not in the movie Major League, by the way. There's... <laughs> no, that was uh, Stephen Dorff. Oh, yeah, Stephen Dorff was supposed to have played him. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Stephen Dorff in three constraints. Uh, three constraints. Three consecutive, <laughs> consecutively straight. Yeah, three consecutive podcasts, and he's not been in any of the movies. Yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of, of the movies. He's getting a lot. He's getting a lot of airtime for somebody that hasn't even been in a movie of ours. He has nothing to do with this award. <laughs> the worst acting yeah. performance for me is going to go to Rocco, and whoever played Rocco, the, the horrible comedian. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going there. Well, it was a close race between him and Tom Cruise because I really didn't buy Tom Cruise in Legends. He was the worst part of the movie. But Rocco yeah. was also the worst part of the movie, and and he was the reason the movie was not as good as I remembered. He sucked. His char- Not only did his character suck, but the acting portrayal of the character was over the top, and it, it definitely made the Saints look... Uh, less than you know yeah yeah and i kind of agree with you like his performance was pretty shitty and he almost got it for me it was it was a it was i was coming down the wire and i was like there's no way he was worse than tom cruise but at the same time i still will defend tom cruise a minute a minute a bit a minute bit because (laughs) because he wasn't written that much of a part like his part was just run around and be weird forest guy hero yeah he, he wasn't believable as the character but neither was Rocco and he he was really bad so that's yeah. that's what I went with was oh rocks and I do agree I do think that Rocco was cast well I just didn't like him as an actor well the reason you really didn't want to pick him is because you spent the whole podcast defending him so it, it would be an admission of sorts well, we don't have to go into that. <laughs> I defended him for entertainment purposes on the podcast, and it was it worked, okay? It was good. It was good. I had to play devil's advocate. It led to you going 0 for 3 in these podcasts and getting defeated every single time. So say you, but I think it really carried the podcast. The fact that I took one for the team means I should win <laughs> that podcast. You got a hit by pitch, and, and you you reached base that way. So, so you're 0 for 2 with a uh, slightly higher on-base percentage. Well, you sure it wasn't Sean Plat- Patrick Flannery that got hit by the pitch when he took it in Major League Baseball? He wasn't. He was, that was not. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was not him. That was, that was you. So you lost the podcast for bringing a guy into the podcast that wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah, all right. Fair. I, I, might have, I didn't lose the whole podcast, but I got that one wrong. Oh, but I lost the whole one because I defended, defended Rocco. Yeah, defended the worst actor as Rocco. So, so you lose. <laughs> You're a worst actor. Art is subjective, my friend. All right. Well, that that's half. Yeah, that's half the podcast is damning you right now. Whatever. Yeah. So we're moving along to worst female, and this was one that was much easier for me. Yeah, I bet we are. Actually, we might not be the same. Who who are you even considering? There's kind of only two people, right? Well, um, it was. I didn't consider anybody other than this person because this person's performance. 
to me, smelt like a high school theatrical performance of a character. And it was just over the top, and she was absolutely horrible. And her name is Meller, Mallory Walters, who played the mother in Butterfly Effect. <laughs> oh, nice. I forgot how shitty she was and, and how much you uh, disliked her. Oh, my God. Like, and I, and I watched that movie twice, too, and I've got to say that it was just like I was amazed that she like that the director even let her finishing the product. He yeah. should have figured out a way to fire her mid mid film. Yeah, I'm all right. That's that's a good choice. You surprised me there because I thought for sure we were going to agree that it was Amy Smart as uh, uh, as whatever. What was her name? Caitlin or Carolyn or something? Kaylee or something Kay- like that. Yeah, Kaylee as Kaylee in the yeah. butterfly effect. Just for the fact alone that she said blah, and <laughs> she was well, saying I- that. I didn't notice it. You noticed it. I didn't even notice that part. I'm gonna have to send you a link to that because it's just so weird. It's it's the funny. It's so thing. it's so blah blah. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. kind of sucked. And I said that she had been abducted, and she never was. So now I don't feel the need <laughs> to cut her any slack. And she kind of sucked, you know. Well, I agree. So that's another podcast you lost. <laughs> I, oh, that, yeah, that's a, that's the same one. Okay, so that that's was, two strikes. That's two strikes. You're one from striking out here. That was Varsity Blues that we said that. And that entire podcast is a minefield of of mistakes. <laughs> we we joint joint effortly lost that podcast. Yeah, it's like we were fighting to lose together on it was, that one. It was doomed to lose from the beginning. It was a losing effort. So so I went with Amy Smart, but we both picked from the butterfly effect. The other candidate would have been Lily from legend but really i didn't think she was that bad her character was really uh, poorly yeah i thought i thought she was pretty bad but uh i didn't uh i didn't think she was nearly as bad as mallory walters whose oh. name she, whose name shall never be spoken again yeah um, did you when you were looking her up did she have any other movie credits she did but i didn't notice any of them so i didn't even take note nothing good yeah thank god people came to their senses yeah so what we got up next? So the Stiffy, I think, is probably where we will agree. Yeah, I bet we will agree yeah. on this one. And that's that's Lily. Uh, what's her name? Maya Sara. Maya Sara. Sora. Maya Sara. Mia. Mia Sara. Yeah, she was she was by far the best looking uh, girl in, in in all the movies, and it was a close second between Amy Smart's alligator skin girl. <laughs> Did you like her better when she had the alligator skin or when she was the college girl? Yeah, that's a tough choice. It, it's not. It's a pretty easy choice. It's a college Okay, girl. yeah, the college girl for sure. But the better question is, did you like Lily when she was the gothic Lily or the princess Lily? Ooh, that's, that actually is tough because she has a real sweet appeal as the princess and she really look, kind of looks like a princess, but then she's got that naughty, sexy look, and she gets dark. But she doesn't have the boobs to fill out the dress they gave her, so yeah. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, I think it disqualifies her on that aspect. So you're choosing the princess uh, version of Lily. Princess Lily, yeah. Yep, I agree completely. Not only is Lily the winner of the Golden Stiffy with, with no competition, really. Amy Smart, I guess, whatever. There was no one even in Boondock Saints. Yeah, the the really the only candidate was the six foot four uh, bull dyke that kicks him in the nuts, or Willem Dafoe when he when he cross dresses. That too, or Rocco's 
uh, hooker girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, that's no, they were disgusting, man. They were they were really nasty. I thought you were going to say the stripper that he, uh, you know, molests. Oh, that was I didn't even think about her. I might have to rewrite this one. No, she was pretty bunk, man. She was not. She was pretty beat up. She did not look good. It was a nice tit though that he that he grabbed. I'm pretty sure that's not even real. Yeah, I think it looks like a prosthetic. <laughs> if you, if you if you watch it again, it looks like a prosthetic. They don't show the head. I mean, it could it could also not be a prosthetic, but be fake. Could be just a fake boob. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It's plastic either way, whether it's attached to yeah. a human or not. It definitely didn't look like a real boob. It was way too perky laying on her back like that. <laughs> yeah, your your boy Rocco. And then what do we got up next? Uh, the Mighty Moisturizer, which is the opposite of the Golden Stiffy Award, which goes to, Golden Stiffy goes to the the hottest female in the films. Mighty Moisturizer goes to the sexiest man in the films. And who'd you have for that one? A lot of choices for this one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I think I, I thought about it for a while. I asked my wife to see what she thought, and she went with Norman Reedus of the Saints, and I actually Ooh. I agree. Because I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. I don't think he's very good looking. And Ashton Kutcher as well. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, weirdo. So, so Norman Reedus is, normally is Daryl, the grungy, dirty dude from Walking Dead. But he's young here and, and you know, perky and upbeat. So, yeah, I'm going to go with – I'm going to agree with my wife here and go with uh, Norman Reedus of the Saints. Yeah, he was he was a, a definitely up there for me. Tom Cruise obviously looks a younger Tom Cruise too, so he's looking pretty sexy in that. And then Ashton Kutcher, I think probably could easily be considered. But I went with an outside choice. I went with Tim Curry as <laughs> Dark. Yeah, nice. Hell yeah, because he he was buff as hell. Like his neck muscles were just sexy as hell. His eyes were entrancing, like he had those wild devil eyes. And he, whenever he was putting on the charm, you know, I could really see the appeal to him. And he had the big cloven hoofed legs and a big buff body. He can make you whine oh. at the snap of a finger. Yeah, the horns were a bit much for me sexually, but but I feel <laughs> like I feel like I, he's probably rocking a monster devil rod too. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, he probably really. I mean, I, I I like to think he can shape shift. Maybe he can't shape shift, but he can definitely just kind of make things appear. And so that that's a bonus as well. Yeah, and also, I mean, but the question remains: Is it hairy? Like, is it clove? Like, uh, is it hairy like the bottom half of his body, or is it uh, red like the top half? I'd say he's probably he's probably pretty smooth. <laughs> he's clean. He's clean shaven. Hey, can I alter my pick? For uh, we've never done this before, but can I correct? The, yeah, I mean, as long as long as you admit that you lose the podcast, but whatever, I'll lose the award show to correct this pick <laughs> because it's got to be right here. Uh -huh. for the golden stiffy, I would like to change my pick from Princess okay. Lily to the fairy. Uh, oh, Una, because Una can shape shift into whatever you would like. That's true. That's true. Oh. Yep, she so. Be, so she could be the hottest. She could shapeshift into Lily, which makes her the hottest character already for me. Yeah, and then, and then whatever else you want. Somebody, yeah, somebody hotter. Yep. Then she could shapeshift into the devil for me. To, uh, I mean, <laughs> to darkness. fill your Tim Curry-sized hole for you. To fulfill my darkness, darkness fantasies. 
So by forfeiting the podcast just now, I won the podcast clearly with that choice. Oh, right. Yep. So yeah. Cancel then each you other have, out there. Then you have to admit that I won the podcast by defending Rocco, but go ahead. You pick your you pick your poison. No, I win. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got next? Next up, we got uh, the least coherent story. And uh, is is I actually had trouble with this one, even though there's definitely the only one choice for me. But I had trouble with it because Butterfly Effect, we talked about, was a very coherent movie. Like, it's not hard to decipher. It's very pretty much straightforward, even though the storyline goes not always in order. Uh, and it's a good storyline. Then you've got Boondock Saints, which is definitely not a complicated storyline. So it's very straightforward, and it just kind of does its thing. It's not incoherent at all. And then you've got Legend, which has a pretty decent thorough storyline as far as storylines go, but the things that happen inside it are just kind of strange, you know, like it just gets some of the things, it takes small detours and there's little extra stuff happening. So I had to choose legend because out of the three, even though I don't think all three are are super incoherent, I still think legend had too many detours. I mean, what were we doing with Blix and his cronies in the, in the, uh, cottage where they're just blowing up shit with a unicorn horn. They, I don't know they why. They were we... scrounging for food. They were looting the place. They're blowing yeah, shit why is up. The, that's exactly not necessary to the story. That's standard and goblin it, behavior, man. They're building the characters. And then also, no, that's standard goblin behavior. Okay, and then you've got the scene where uh, where Tom Cruise dives off the waterfall, right? Like she throws a ring, she, uh, Lily throws a ring into the r- pond or whatever it is. And then he, imme- she goes, any man that finds this is going to be the man that marries me. And then he immediately jumps in there to look for it. And as soon as he jumps in, it gets all windy and stormy. And Lily just takes off. She just hightails it out of there. And yes. I'm like, well, she got to get out of the snow, man. It's snowing. Uh, what do you want well, her to she do? Stay there and look for Tom Cruise? I mean, like he's fine. How long could he have held his breath for? He was essentially human, we determined, right? So he's going to come back up in like a minute or five or he's dead. <laughs> so just wait, you know? He was way off the cliff. I mean, yeah, she, her character did kind of suck, but yeah, that's just how she was. She was very wishy-washy yeah, she, and uh, not strong. She panicked and then she took off. And then also you got Tom Cruise sleeping in the snow, which apparently the snow isn't cold because he had on – not only short sleeves and short shirts, but they were like ripped leaves of the forest almost. Like, oh, let's keep in this guy warm. He sleeps, I don't in, know. he sleeps in the snow every night. That's that's his life. He's a child of the forest. Yeah, just some, there was things in the legend that just didn't make sense. And that's why it ultimately is going to win. But as far as the storyline goes, well, I say win, but it actually is losing because it's the worst storyline, essentially. But uh, it uh, it just... Yeah, too many holes. Yeah, I would disagree, of course. Naturally. Uh, I I do agree, though, that the butterfly effect was the best of the three. And that's actually really impressive when you consider it involved time travel. And that makes mm-hmm. usually make things complicated, but there weren't many plot holes in butterfly effect. They, kept, they did a good job with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You could nitpick and maybe find some stuff, but even then... It's hard. To, it was not just the thing where the guy slammed his hand down on the on the nails. Yeah, that was the only you know, major plot hole I saw. 
But then after that, of course, I would go with Legends as the uh, the second best storyline and most coherent because it's very plain and simple. It's good versus evil, and it's a quest. I mean, you don't have to look too far into all the tiny little details. It's 1985. You know, things weren't perfect. Uh, you got to cut a little slack there. But Boondock Saints came out 15, 16 years after that. And the, the whole thing was just ridiculous. 10, came out like 10 years after that, right? Was ni- it was 95 or 99? It was 99 or 2000. Okay, whatever. Yeah, so it, it was, you know, well into the future, and it just was dumb. And these saints, if you think about it from the outside, you explain it to somebody. You're like, well, these two guys are squatters in an apartment, and they go to the bar, get drunk, end up killing a couple guys in a fight, and then decide they're going to go on a killing rampage. And then they recruit their friend, who's also a gangster, and they kill more people. It's a basic good versus evil story. No, there's no evil. Who's the evil? The monsters? The gangsters that they're killing, obviously. They're sent by God. They get a message from God. But not the gangster that works with them, that joins them. He's not a bad guy. He's not like a hardcore gangster. He just gets gets in on them because, you know, he thinks what they're doing is good. No. It was bad. It was bad. And then the fact that even though it's the best thing that we saw, Willem Dafoe would ne- that would never fly as a true detective. The shit that he's pulling when he's there shooting the guns off in the air, screaming at people. It ordered, there was ordered, a firefight! There was a firefight! Yeah. <laughs> Making your underlings go get you coffee. And, oh, I mean, that's just probably so far from any truth, though it yeah. was the best thing we saw. So, the story of Boondock Saints didn't even make sense. They they get this killer out of jail that happens to be their father. You got a point there, because the ending with the father, like, we got no lead up to that. It was kind of just like, oh, how convenient. He's their father. It was the worst storyline with, uh, it, had, it had some cool scenes, really cool scenes, but as a story, if you're describing it to someone else, you're going to sound ridiculous, because it is ridiculous. Yeah, I can go. I can I can see where you're coming from, but it still doesn't top Legends' fucking shaky foundation. Oh, indeed I do. <laughs> and uh, next up, we've got the uh, the best villain, and I'm gonna crack one for the best villain here. Just ready to get this on on the audio. <sighs> there you go best villain because i i really enjoy a good villain in the films you know what i mean like villains are part of my favorite part of movies i think i actually agree i tend to choose villains as my favorite characters when i'm thinking about shows yeah they're just more complex and they're more fun to play too if you've ever acted or anything like that it's just more fun to get into that deep dark side of yourself i know most wrestlers prefer to be villains instead of uh, baby faces yeah it's fun yeah. Uh, so, so best villain. Who who you got for best villain? There were a lot of choices actually, and I I struggled around with it, but then I realized I was just denying myself the truth. And it's darkness. It's got to yeah. be darkness from Legend. Yeah, I I knew you. I knew you would go that way. And it's just because it's a never ending quest for you to justify this film. But go ahead. No, I, I, he he's an he's an iconic villain. I mean, he's. You kept calling him Satan, even though he's clearly not Satan. So they did, <laughs> Clear, they did, clearly, clearly is a stretch, but he's not Satan. Yes. Yeah, he's not Satan, but he's you know he's able to time travel. He's, he's the vicious. Lord. He's the Lord of Darkness, not the Prince of Darkness. 
he's the prince, but they call him the Lord because he's reigning over the realm. He's got a father who's like, you know, somewhere yeah. else. The prince of darkness would be Satan, though, isn't it? I don't know. I heard the prince of darkness is how they refer to him. Well, maybe that's why they call him the Lord. But he's the Lord yeah. of his own castle, and he's got a chamber that leads into outer space. He's got trap doors all over the earth there, so just people fall into his dungeons all the time. Yeah, but the the biggest giveaway that he's not Satan is that he's vanquished so easily. Uh, he, I don't think he was truly vanquished. I think he's still alive at the end. Well, vanquished, like defeated. What? No, nah, he's not dead. He's turned into Pac-Man food at the end. In typical 1985 fashion. So, uh, who did you have for the best villain? So I uh, also took another, threw another curveball here. And I, I, cause darkness was the obvious choice and he is deserving of it. He is iconic, like you said, and uh, he's a, he's a really good villain, but I think the biggest villain out of all these three movies and the person that you really hate the most is 13 year old Tommy from butterfly effect. That kid is just twisted. Like he starts off his first like crazy villainous thing where uh, he's peer pressuring his friend. They blow up, they blow up a mailbox and people get hurt, whatever. That's all accident or kind of like. He doesn't seem that bad. Then they're at the movie theater. He doesn't seem that bad when he blows up a, a woman and well, a baby. It was, I'm just saying it wasn't solely him. It was a group effort. They all kind of were doing it for fun. Yeah. And you don't realize, you, you get the sense that he's bad, but you don't get the sense how bad he is. Next, he gets into that fight at the movie theater where he viciously just hits a kid with one of the movie stands, the divider uh, poles, and just probably shoved the kid's nose bone into his brain, killed him on the spot. I don't know. I don't I'm not a coroner, but the kid was probably dead. Yeah, he could have killed him. Yeah, then the scene with the puppy, like, he, he kills the puppy in the bag. Like, he's beating up his friends and, like, hitting his sister with a board and splitting her head. Like, this kid has some serious demented issues. And then as he grows up, in only, like, one of one or two of the storylines does he grow up and actually is okay. Every other storyline, he's getting out of prison and wants to murder them. And then he does catch them and tries to kill them. And so he, I think he is ultimately just the meanest fuck in all these films. Yeah, I, I won't disagree because I had him as a runner-up as well. He was a sick, twisted dude. Mm. He's the most frightening part of that of that movie, I think. He's like, a, he, you can yeah. tell he's a he's a burgeoning killer. You know, he's he's, he's gonna just, come yeah. up and be a killer. It's just inherently evil. And he's a good segue to the next one, if it's best fight. Uh oh yes I because, forgot to write it I forgot to write it down but yeah well I I actually picked the scene that you just described as the best fight in all three movies not because it's a close fight or a good fight but it's so brutal and it's one of the most memorable scenes in the movie for me is when he picks up that pole and bashes that dude's nose in he that's when the movie when I was like oh shit man this movie's gonna be crazy yeah. and and he really whacked him with it probably killed yeah. him. And he's really vicious with with the shots too. Like they did a good job on the choreography on that because it, it looked pretty nasty when they when they when he it looked believable somehow. Even though he was you know half the size of this this older kid when he yeah, beats like, him up, it, it still looked real. Yeah, just the vicious nature that he threw that thing up into his face was just like, oh my god. I'm not against watching a friendly fist fight, but this kid just took it too far from fit, step one. You know. Yeah, like he he went zero to sixty in point five seconds or something. Yeah, it was pretty badass, and it was good enough that it beat out some of the other candidates I was thinking of, including Jack versus Darkness, of course, which was a great fight. 
Yeah, I thought that was the obvious one. I thought that was one that you might go with. It was a it was a runner up, but I had to go with Tommy because that's of all the of all the movies, you know, that's the scene I remember the most from Butterfly Effect, and so that kind of puts it up above the others. Yeah, so so mine, uh, it, I had a, a little trouble deciding, but ultimately I went with Crossdresser Defoe versus the Henchman <laughs> <laughs> because there was just some strange look in Defoe's eye as he was cross-dressing and the, the henchman was trying to rape him or whatever and or or make out with him or do all that stuff and like it escalates and it turns into just a brawl where he's like kicking him in the nuts and getting him off him and he finally like fights him off and shoots him and just the uh the strange dramatic nature of that fight just sold sold it for me so that ended up getting getting my bid for it but uh the darkness and Tom Cruise fight was was the runner up. Yeah, that was a good pick there. I didn't think about that one. Yeah, I I, I it just kind of came to me, and I was like, oh yeah, that was actually also not only was it like a good choreographed uh, fist fight, but it was also full of this strange feeling because of the fact that that Defoe was cross dressing in it. I love the look on and, his face when he realizes his his wig comes off. Yeah, and at the end when he when he just after he kills him and he goes too far. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's probably thinking like, what am I doing with my life right now? I'm cross dressing, sneaking against police orders to go help these gangsters survive against mobsters, storming a, a, a what you think is a mansion full of gangsters. Though you did yeah. point out that there were actually, and I I missed it, but there were only four people there. Apparently. Papa Joe had supposedly gathered up all of his remaining forces to protect himself against the Saints, and there was only four dudes there. Yeah, and it's like they didn't hit up his staff, did they? Really, other than Ron Jeremy? Uh, they yeah, Ron Jeremy and his two guys, and then all those mobsters at that summit. But I don't think they were all in the mob with. Yeah, Papa they were Joe. all different. Yeah, because Papa Joe was sending a hit on them originally. So Papa Joe was must not have been that heavy of a pole gangster, even though he thought that uh, that Rocco could bring down the whole East Coast. He only could muster up four guys. He has no hitman whatsoever. He just unleashes a beast that could apparently kill anybody rather than a specific target, and he knows that. Yeah, his first play is just an absolute wild card. He's like, oh, well, let me just... Re- let me just release this guy that might kill us as well. But you know, yeah, let, let me just get him out of prison. Yeah, don't go to your trusted right hand uh, man or your um, concierge. Just uh, go straight for the psycho that's in prison right now that you're going to spring loose or, or get out on bail and have him who also might kill you. Papa Joe, my God, as a character, what a horrible mobster. That's, he's just yeah. the worst. But also, it's like, in this movie, the mobs were just kind of weak in general. Like, these guys take out the two Russians, and it's not a secret who did it. and Or take out the Russian mob that comes in the beginning. And the Russian mob never comes back and tries to get vengeance. So, and then they basically take down the Italian mob, too. So, it's just like, the mobs are, must be weak at this point. Yeah, it just uh, cements my argument that that was the dumbest storyline. It definitely doesn't help. It doesn't, definitely doesn't uh, make the storyline look any better. No, yeah, you're right there. That was a pretty good fight. Yeah. 
And then that leads us to uh, Best Supporting Actor. And this was actually, I guess, tricky because the supporting, I mean, like, who do you consider supporting actor in all these films? So, obviously, Defoe might be considered supporting, but he's, I would call him a star. You know, he's on the... uh, He's on the movie box for the for the DVD. So, see that sucks because we should have talked about this beforehand. Because I definitely have Defoe down as best supporting actor. Because I think technically he would be considered a supporting actor if they were giving awards out. I mean, he probably has the most lines in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he I I would consider him a lead. But yeah, if we're not considering him the lead, then Defoe wins any award that he's eligible for. Defoe wins for sure. Yeah, yeah. But since he, I'm gonna say he's not. Uh, All right, so you go ahead and give yours, and I'll think of mine while you're doing it. I went with Gump because oh, I thought just... I thought the guy that played the Gump was the most entertaining, or one of the most entertaining characters on the screen, and yeah. he he was better than Tom Cruise, and he was the brains of the operation as well. He's yeah, the one he that told Tom Cruise what he needed to do. He had a intensity about him that I loved. Yeah, in that scene that. Wasn't in my version when he flips out over the riddle. I mean, how how do you not love that? And how do you not include that in the final DVD? I mean, he's like pounding his head against the snow. So I yeah, love it. it was his it was his best scene. It was like his best best shining moment almost. Other than maybe at the end where he's like, "Trust her with your heart, not your eyes." And then literally <laughs> ten seconds later, he's like, "She's Kill gone." <laughs> yeah. But the thing about Gump I remember from when I was young is he scared me at, when they introduce him around the fire. But then later on, whenever Jack is running from darkness and it looks like he's about to just get murdered, Gump is shooting those arrows and they're sticking in his neck and his chest. And mm-hmm. I just remember thinking when I was you know six or seven years old, like, well, at least Jack's got someone helping him. Yeah, you know, I was always just thinking, at least he's got a friend to help him. You know, at least he's not alone. So it was nice that. Yeah. You know, Gump couldn't just get in there and save him, but he could shoot some arrows to try to help out. Yeah, and that sucks, too, because I had to pivot off of Defoe since we characterized him as not the supporting actor, even though he would win my best supporting actor. And then I immediately wrote down Gump, and that right before you said it, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. But yeah, I go, I go, I guess, with Gump as well, because, yeah, he was just a, he's so, like, a young kid, too. It's like a really young kid. And he gives such an intense, focused performance and delivery of his lines, even though his lines are absolute shit most of the time. But he he did a good job. And it wasn't his voice, I guess. So we should also give credit to the female actor that voiced him, right? Alice Platon, I think was her name. Yeah, who also played Blix, which was uh, one of the goblins. Blix and, was the best, man. Yeah, I almost put Blix down for worst... Uh, what? But ne- yeah, I was not impressed with Blix. You, so. you know what I didn't point out about Blix that I like is, you know, whenever they do burst into the cottage after they're riding up that trail, mm-hmm. so so Lily looks out the window. The music it plays right there is so uh, intimidating. You know, it's not no. it's, it's not corny horror mu- music, but it's like really good. And then they burst through, and Blix is leading the two of them. And when she walks in, she like holds the holds the you know, the horn out in front of her and takes these steps like a supermodel walking down a runway. I just love the way Blix walks into this room. It's just, it's really stylish and cool. Yeah, Yeah, definitely super cheesy. And and, what, what'd you say? No, it's just great, man. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, great. 
Like when they're in that uh, cottage and they're they're looking for food, no. they're eating up that rotten food. They probably eat the baby. Blix was cheesy, and she's like wielding the horn around and spinning it and flinging it at things. It's like ah, no, I was the one who killed. And the other one's like, no, you only killed her because of the the girl was there. Do you forget who did this and that? I was just like, why are we listening to this fucking stupid? You know why you don't like Blix? Why? Because she's a female in a position of authority, and, and you're clearly sexist. Listen, I only started referring to Blix as a she because you said that. We don't even know that Blix has a sex. Oh, yeah. Look at the way she walks into the cottage whenever she comes in holding that horn. She's walking like a supermodel down the runway. Trust me, babe. I've seen plenty of guys walk like that, too. Yeah, well, it's, it's seemingly a woman. She has a, a very high-pitched voice. Listen, I get I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to call me out as a sexist before I call you out as a sexist. But it actually backfired on you because you claimed a sex on a goblin creature that we otherwise had no sex, and now you look sexist. Yeah, no, it's uh, you, you really backed yourself in the hole in that one. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I went again, and Blix was awesome. And the, and the way Blix walks into the cottage is awesome. Okay. So go back All and right. check that out again. And you know what else? Uh, are you going to tell me that the hag wasn't wasn't a woman? Uh, well, I mean, hag is typically referred to as a as a, a horrendous yeah. female type character. So I would go with yeah. Well, they do also call her Meg Mucklebone. So yeah, okay, yeah, that's a woman for yeah. sure. Yeah, but Blix could, Blix is non-binary in the sexual world. Blix could be a guy or a girl. Yeah, so she wins Best Supporting Actress for you. Is that what you said? No, you said that. Well, no, we both said Gump. We're going to change. We're going to hail Blix at the end of this podcast. You go ahead, and I'll hail the shit out of Brando. <laughs> all right, all right. So next up, we got Worst Supporting Actor. And here's where you're really going to fucking just love it. Worst Supporting Actor. Yeah. I'm going to love your pick. You're going to love my pick. All right, well, all right, let's hear it. it and it's got to go to Rocco, <laughs> David <laughs> Della Roca. And it just came down to the fact that he was by far one of the worst supporting actors of, of the, any of the movies that we saw. Yeah, we've said a lot about Rocco, and I agree. Uh, he is the worst supporting actor. He was the worst, he had the worst acting performance for a male for me, and he was the worst supporting actor as well. Yep, yep, and I, I went with the worst male as the brothers, so, I mean, I just picked the triumphant. The worst of the leads was was the brothers in, the, in Boondock Saints, and the worst of the supporting actor was Rocco, which is crazy because that was the highest greatest graded film that I gave out of the three. Yeah, the and three I movies, we both liked it the best. Yeah, and I usually grade higher on acting performance, but... It was just so obvious that this, these movies could have been so much better with a little bit better acting in those particular spots. Well, it just says a lot about Defoe because that's why we liked the movie so much. So despite it having the worst acting of the three movies, Defoe alone just brought it up. You know, We got to hail Defoe at the end of this. Fuck Hale and Blix and Brando. All right. All right. So moving along, we've got the most memorable scene. I really was leaning towards a Defoe scene in the beginning, but I decided to go with something else because to me, there was one scene that sticks with me even to this day. 
And before we even rewatched these movies, like I remembered thinking, oh God, that scene's coming up. And it's the scene where Tommy kills the puppy in the bag. Oh God. Uh, and it's, it's memorable in bad ways. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, yep. it's like, it is the most memorable mo- scene to me because it's just so, I think in my head, oh my God, this is horrible. Like, and, and I'm like, okay, he's the puppy's going to get away. It's going to happen. And then he doesn't. And you're just like, oh God, that's just, that's just fucking horrible. They make this, you watch it three or four times too. It's so bad. Every time you it, see it. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. So to me, that was the most memorable scene, even though it was not a good memory. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I wanted to go with Defoe shooting his gun up in the air and saying, there was a firefight. Yeah, that's definitely memorable. I would say that, but actually I'd seen the movie years ago and I've forgotten all about that. So Mm -hmm. I, I can't say it was the most memorable scene. And the most memorable scene for me was a scene that I've thought about since I was six years old. And that is Meg Mucklebone in the swamp, the swamp uh, hag, when the, yeah. the uh, legend fellowship is, is crossing that swamp first, the dwarf getting eaten. I always thought that the dwarf died right there and was actually just eaten by this, this horrible monster for, <laughs> for, for probably 15, 16 years. I thought that, and I always remembered that. Even though he shows up in a multitude of scenes after this, but yeah. Yeah, well, I was six years old, and I was like, oh, he's dead. They they ate that dwarf, and I was just, you know, I was shook for years. Yeah. And then I watched this again in college, and I was like, oh, the dwarf lives, but this hag is awesome. And it's yeah. it's the swamp hag scene with Tom Cruise. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. And the way mm-hmm. she says, or he says, are you going to eat me? And she says, indeed I do. In- Indeed, I do. And she gets and the she's best just laughing. Laugh. Yeah, she's just laughing maniacally. Uh, and one of my favorite, one of my favorite lines, and the most memorable lines, one of the most memorable lines of that movie for sure was, which you didn't see because uh, again, it was a we watched different versions. But she goes, he's he's trying to tell her she's fair and beautiful, and why would you know? Why would nobody want her or whatever? And she goes, Oh, I sure hope the rest of you tastes as sweet as your tongue. Yeah, I went yeah. back and watched that version after you told me about it on on the, the internet, yeah. and it, it was just as good as you said. He's using the he's using the shield, and I, yeah, I love that whole yeah. part. Yeah, I, and and that's a good choice because that is a memorable scene. That's definitely, I would say, definitely my favorite scene of that movie. Yeah, for me, it was between that and when Lily transforms into the marionette when she's dancing with that shadowy you know set of clothes, and then she becomes part mm-hmm. of the clothes. And the statue. That's, yeah, that's a good scene too. Yeah, when he, the statue like wakes up and looks around and, and yeah. darkness walks through the mirror. I love that whole scene, but it's not as good as the swamp scene. It's haunted me for 30 years, so I got I to gotta include that swamp scene. As it was meant to, I'm sure they wrote that. And after that, the costume itself is haunting. Yeah, when, like, I, when I see that and I see Tim Curry's in his costume and, and you know, the thing with Lily, like that, that's just great, man. All that gump. I don't understand how you didn't like this movie. It's just so, everything's just so awesome. I get why you're nostalgic about the movie. You have to realize I watched this movie at 36 years old, okay, for the first time. So it has no nostalgic value to me. And it's just, the story, the story is just not strong. I tried to see it your way and, and not like the movie. And I ended up watching it five times this week. 
Oh my god! It's just a it's just a compilation of great scenes and great characters. I mean, it's just Listen, it's great. It, I, it lost a full million dollars under its budget. It's the only movie out of these threes that lost the lost money instead of made a huge amount. So it's not even a cult classic. If it was a cult classic, it would have uh, outdone it would have outdone the the budget. I think. Well, but, you called it a cult classic during the podcast, and I thought that was one of the smarter things you said because. There are plenty of people out there that that love Legend and remember Legend. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a cult. That's not a classic. All right. Uh, all right. So moving along, we've got uh, this is a this is a special one that we brought out for this episode, and it's the classic game of Mary Fuck Kill. Yep, the good old and, game of MFK. And everybody knows the rules. Uh, you have to you have to ch- choose. You have three people that you're choosing, and one you have to choose to marry, the other you choose to fuck, and the other you choose to kill. And it oftentimes puts us in interesting positions as to explaining why we would do to each of these. And the three candidates that we came up with were Ashton Kutcher, Darkness, and the brothers uh, from the Boondock Saints. Wait, uh, you told me it was Ashton Kutcher, Tom Cruise, and the brothers. Oh, did I? Yeah. That changes uh, everything. Shit, that does change everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that changes the whole game. Darkness and Tom Cruise is a, is a big difference. Well, all right. So I'm going to I'm gonna sub Tom Cruise in for Darkness because it, it's still he still works out there. All right. And then I, I'm also going to tell you that my original pick, my pick would be Darkness here. <laughs> to marry? Well, no, I didn't say that. Or you uh, all right, all right. So, so what have you got then for for the Mary part of Mary fuck kill? So for the Mary part, I'm gonna go with the brothers because to be honest, like you you could ask for no loyal, no more loyal people to be by your side in the long term. Like if you want somebody that's loyal down to the last T and is gonna just stand up and and murder somebody that you don't like and a spray of bullets, the brothers is who you want on your side. So I think marrying them would be the best, uh, the best decision. Oh, How about you? That's a horrible choice. If I can, just... what are you talking about? well, I mean, they literally are squatting in an apartment. They hang out in a bar, get in bar fights, beat up women on their job. And she started that fight. They, they're shown drinking and drinking and uh, eating pizza and like making a mess in a trashy apartment. Yeah, but when do they ever not get along? All the time. They're always bickering and arguing with each other. No, they're not. They spend half the movie arguing about rope. They're always down-ass brothers. No, they fall down the vents and have to nearly die because they're fighting in the vents. And then they immediately start shooting everybody else because it works out perfect in the end. Their destiny, it's fate. You know, it's true. That's a good marriage. No, I chose the Saints as the fuck, actually, because... They are, you know, they are, are, I do want to hear this. Let me, let me just settle down in the chair right here. (laughs) All right. So they're the young, they're the young uh, guys that like, like to party. And so you wouldn't want to take them home to mom, but you know, they probably know how to have a good time. So you wouldn't want to be in a long-term relationship with them, but maybe a one night with the saints would be a fun time. Um. All right, that's not a horrible explanation. I'm just trying to picture you and these three guys oiled up 
<laughs> oiled up and going at it. Uh, <laughs> maybe don't, don't picture it you know just just play the game you know <laughs> okay all right, all right. I'm, I'm not picturing it anymore i'm secretly i'm secretly picturing it okay okay but uh okay so my fuck was uh was tom cruise originally was would have been the devil obviously right uh, or, or satan or darkness or whatever the fuck Dar- he is darkness darkness so i'm gonna pivot to tom cruise because that i, I realized i gave you the wrong uh, thing there i wrote down the wrong thing so tom cruise is this wild man that's living out in the forest i mean yes now that i think about it he's probably not got the best hygiene in the world but he's also probably just the most like you could just really you could just get him to do anything you know what i mean like he's probably the kinkiest you know he's willing to probably try anything uh, and he's a wild he's a wild <laughs> forest creature i mean there's a certain sexual uh you know, spontaneity that comes with being a wood sprite. Yeah, so Tom Cr- Tom Cruise is going to get that. But uh, originally, it w- I would have picked the devil. Yeah, because you've made it clear. You're obvi- super horny for darkness. For, it, yeah, I mean, I, a man likes what he likes, and, uh, you know, hail Satan. All right. <laughs> hail darkness. Hail, hail darkness. Well, I, I'm choosing Tom Cruise as the Mary aspect because I, I skipped over my Mary and straight, straight, uh, went straight to fuck. Mm-hmm. But I'm choosing Tom Cruise as the Mary because he is infinitely loyal, even to a woman that doesn't really care for him at all. Seemingly, he'll literally go down into the depths of, you know, a hellish fortress on her behalf, and he saved the whole universe. And like you said, he's a child of the forest, so he obviously knows where to get food, how to take care of you, you know, what to do. So i'll go with tom cruise and also he doesn't get cold so you can always have the thermostat at the setting you, you prefer <laughs> that's actually i mean you made some good points there I, i'll concede that those are pretty good points like i agree with all of that well, and if i had if i had not had to pivot and off the cuff just name tom cruise as that person then you know you know maybe he would he would have landed somewhere else but uh ultimately though he's he's a child you know and if he was worth marrying Right off the bat, like we, Lily would have just given him the ring and been like, okay, instead of like, ah, I'm not sure about this guy. Let me throw some, let me give him some impossible task, like find this ring at the bottom of the pond and toss it in there. And then in the version that I watched, it's not even as clear that they get married. Like, it's like maybe she just sends him back on his way. And I was like, so he just went on this entire quest, saved you from essentially saved your soul not just your not just your life on earth but saved your eternal soul and now you're gonna friend zone him so well that's that's a knock on <laughs> lily though that's not a that's not well, a knock it, on jack. it's it's a knock on lily but it's like why 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 is jack not worthy you know what i mean what's what's lily see that we don't nothing she's she's a pretty shitty character so i'm, I'm gonna uh, side with jack i'm gonna side with my husband here and go hey and marry uh, jack <laughs> That's a good husband of you. That's yep. a good husband of you. And I, I love that we're agreeing. Apparently, that, oh yeah, that Ashton Kutcher is the one that gets to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it comes down to that's great that we agreed on that because he's just absolutely dispensable. It's well, like he's not as good looking even as the other guys. He wants and to die. He's asking to die by the end of the. He movie. wants to die. He's a mental train wreck. I mean, to take on this guy's baggage is I, like, do you blame Amy Smart's character for not getting with him for half like of her character lines? Yeah, he's always bringing up bullshit that you don't want to hear about. You know, mm-hmm. Talking about her father abusing her and 
him showing off his money while she's working at a cafe, buying everybody and then, dinner all the time. Yeah, and then the one time that he gets the storyline right where everybody's life's fixed except for he blew his arms off, he gets selfish and doesn't get the girl, so he's got to go redo the whole timeline. It's like you could have just lived with some stumped arms if you weren't such a selfish prick. Yeah, if he didn't exist, everyone else's life would be great. So we kill Ashton yeah. Kutcher and, and we help save the universe. That's the basis of the whole movie. So yeah, we're doing a good thing. Yep, and I like that we. I like that little game. Maybe we could play that again on, on a different series because yeah, that, that's a fun one. Let's just call each other up and play it on random. <laughs> but but let's always choose only male characters. So it's really you know funny. Yeah yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna party right. with the Saints tonight. Hell yeah. I I, I want to watch. I'm not going to lie. I'm interested. Well, we're going to have to have some fun uh, awards for the next series as well, because I don't recall. I love these movies, but I don't recall there being a lot of female actresses in Planet of the Apes series. That's because we're both sexist. Is it? I mean, can we not pick... I'm starting to see that Hollywood just shits on women actor actresses. Hey, that that is actually true. Like women actresses don't get nearly the uh, the pay and or the billing that males males get. It's like Hollywood. every movie we're trying to pick a, a best female actress, and there's one or two candidates because no one else is ever showcased. Yep. Yeah. Well, women have been have been uh, complaining about that for years, so I'm glad that we could enlighten ourselves on this podcast. Yeah, that's true. That is some bullshit. That is, it's true and that's it's true. some bullshit. But I have a secret award. Oh, okay. What we got? But for all of them, we're deceived because there was one secret award conceived in the great fires of Mordor. And this award I name as the Frank Gore Award. <laughs> and uh, if you, I'm looking if, forward to this. Yeah, if any of you know out there who Frank Gore is, he's a running back that is just an ageless wonder, and he's never been great, really, but he's just been solid enough to get himself into the Hall of Fame. And every single uh, every single year, he just puts uh, keeps putting up those numbers, and he has, he just won't die. He won't go away. And for this award, I've got to give it to Ethan Supley, who is now our honorary Frank Gore of our podcast, who he's now been in like three of our podcasts, and I don't know if he's won an award yet, right? No, he. I don't think he has, no. Yeah, so so I want to give an honorary Frank Gore award to Ethan Suffley for just being there for all of our podcasts and, and not getting to take home any any uh, medals. So here, here you go. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm on board with that. And if we're going to Frank Gore award, then I would choose Ethan Suffley as well. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. We might have to rename it the Ethan Supley Award, but I, I like Frank Gore better. What a great name, Frank Gore. That's just a good way to stay in the league. Yeah, Gore. You think if his name was Frank Thomas, he would still be in the league all these uh, years? No, he'd be overweight and talking on MLB TV. All right, what if it was Frank Smith? Oh, he wouldn't even be on MLB TV. He wouldn't even be remembered. Yeah, so he, would he still be in the league is my question because – Frank Gore, that's just like if you want to sign a running back, you're like, who's available? Ooh, Gore. Yeah. Let me get that. Ooh, Gore. That's that name inspires fear. But then you then you give him the ball and you're like, ah, two and a half yards again. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess if we only need two yards, that's all right. 
He reminds me of a modern Curtis Martin. Yeah, a little bit. Just plays forever and gets you know, just gets enough <laughs> Only, yards. He probably played while Curtis Martin was playing. So. Actually, <laughs> calling him a modern one, I don't know. He probably actually did start his career right around the time Curtis Martin was finishing it. I would say so, yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So there's no more awards. Uh, that's it. That's the end of that. It was tough. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it was tough coming up with categories for Bad Movie Munch. It was. It was a task, and I, I mean, we did choose bad movies, so maybe we set ourselves up for this one. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the series, but bad movies—that's uh, a risky game you, you play sometimes. Yeah, because sometimes they're bad, bad, and then sometimes they're good, bad. You know, like sometimes they're. Like there's things to laugh about in Legend, even though I hate I trashed the movie the whole time. I still had a good chuckle at some of the just absolute absurd shit going on. I think right? actually throughout this last hour, you've started to come around on Legend. No, you've definitely misread the situation. Throughout this whole time, you've done nothing but praise Legend. You loved Meg Mecklebone. Ah, uh, what? You're super. You're super horny for Tim Curry. You married you married Jack, or you, you wanted to you wanted to fuck Jack. You chose Lily as the best looking character. I mean, you loved the movie. Just just say no. it. Say it just, one time. Just give me give me one example of one of those that said I liked the movie. Well, and when you love everything about the movie, then... we did a Mary fuck kill where I had to pick Tom Cruise. Okay, we <laughs> did we did uh, the Golden Stiffy Award, which we just said only had about two candidates. Okay, where else? Let's see. Least coherent story. That was a winner by legend. Uh, and let's see here. Nothing else. Yeah, you, you praised all of it, though. I didn't battle it as hard because I can tell that you're obviously sensitive about it. And I didn't want you to cry on the podcast. Well, I'm not going to lie. It pisses me off that, that I know how much you love this movie. And you're just lying. You're just... You're lying well, to everybody here. So just imagine this role is reversed, and I'm talking to you about Brando. I'm going to love Brando when we get to The Godfather. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm but, not, uh, not going to shit on Brando, though he's not the best part of the movie. No, the Godfather? Not the best part, no. Mm, well, he's pretty good. Mm. He's the best actor in the movie at, the, at that time. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'll agree there. But I loved all. The, I mean, there's so many great characters in that series. Yeah, there really is. That's that would be hard to choose. But he did win Best Actor for that movie, so yeah, hard to argue that, I guess. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm not gonna shit on Brando once we do a good Brando movie, but not until you admit that you were wrong and you love Legend. Well, then we're never gonna agree because I did not love Legend and I was not wrong. Like, I'm not just, this is not just me. A whole slew of people, like, the, the, the most damning thing, which I already mentioned, was that they said it ruined the fantasy genre of the 80s. Like, One or two people said that. Like, not only was this movie a cash grab where they were trying to play off a of Dark Crystal and the, the um, David Bowie one with Labyrinth and all that stuff, but it didn't even do it that well. So it was a cash grab to try and get those people. And like you said, they had the choice to choose a lot better actors, and they still chose shit. So they went with the Hollywood pretty faces, and they went with the fucking, you know, just the 
they they cut out the good scenes in it. Like just nothing was done well about this movie other than the makeup and the costumes, which I'll concede to the hag costume was fabulous. A lot of the costumes and makeup. Blix's costume was actually really cool. Satan uh Darkness was really cool. Um, yeah, it was it was it was an A-list uh movie for sure. It was A-list costuming. Uh, unfortunately, that does not make a movie. I'll concede this. If we had a best costume award, I would have definitely chosen Boondock Saints for their trench coat. <laughs> and then Legend second of all. <laughs> Legend would have got second place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just joking. Legend yeah. would have won that. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. You loved it. All right. Whatever. All right. We'll move on to Ape April next week. It's, it's always confusing the order of the movies, but I think it's the dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and then the rise yeah. of the Planet of the Apes, and then the war yes. of the Planet of the Apes. So it's all three of the most recent Planet of the Apes, but we will be going in sequential order once we figure out what that what that yeah. order is. It's, it's <laughs> dawn first, and and so we'll be going with that one. As per usual, we are unprepared and unprofessional, and that's what makes us special, you know. Yeah, it's we're watching them. <laughs> Yeah, we've been and, watching different versions of two of the last three movies. So if if you come back with the Mark Wahlberg version of Planet of the Apes, I'm gonna come up right off the bat and be like, first of all, Charlton Heston does an excellent job. Oh god, it really won't surprise me. But no, we're watching the one with James Franco. Don't screw this up. Okay, well you'd either. I mean, you fucked up the last like four out of five podcasts. You've You've given us some either false death red flag or <laughs> the person was raped by somebody, which that never happened. Who said and, rape? Uh, didn't you say one of the characters recently and Amy Smart, wasn't she no, abducted she was and raped, ki- you said? I didn't say raped. I never said that. I said kidnapped. Kid- kidnapped and raped? No, just abducted. Well, because of the implication. No, well, that's just Elizabeth Smart. Or, God, was it even Elizabeth? Who knows? See, yeah. wait, don't say any name because yeah. you'll be wrong again, and you're, yeah, you're confusing right. you're confusing the audience and ourselves. Whatever. Let's get the hell out of here, man. Uh, all right, all right. Did you uh, have anything else to add about the award show? Yeah, I did not think Legend was a very good movie. Oh, that was your last chance, man. <laughs> e- email us at. Uh, rancid taco podcast at gmail.com. All right. Hail Heyman. Hail Mary Moss. And hail and Brando. Defoe. Oh. oh. Hey, I thought we were going to go with Defoe. I was going to say Brando and see if you did it as well or if you went with someone else. But... Oh, well, that's so sweet of you. I almost want to say a good thing about, uh, a good thing about legend now before we go, since you said a good thing about Brando. Hail Meg Mecklebone. Hail Meg Mecklebone. Hail the hag. Indeed I do. Indeed I do. <laughs> there was a fire fight. Drop it or I'll slit your mother's throat in her sleep. Darkness. All right. Well, let's wrap it up then. I already did all the shit, so it's, Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you tomorrow. Next week. What?
Everyone loves movies from Webster to Morocco. Who needs rotten tomatoes when you've got the rancid tacos? This podcast is brought to you by West Virginia Pepperoni Rolls.